The stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our review of the player cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion for the benefit of new players. This is part three of our look at the Seeker cards. We're going to take a look at Strange Solution Unidentified and the three upgrades for that card. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we write cards here on The Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Autofail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder Thing, respectively. Cards that you build around or are good in one particular deck get a blessed token, while cards we believe are destined for the list of taboos or are simply bad for the game get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these player card reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the amazing art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo that I use for the podcast, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. This is part three of our look at the Seeker cards in the Dunwich Legacy Investigator expansion. This time around, we're going to take a look at the unidentified asset in the box and its uh, three upgrades. This is Strange Solution, unidentified one-cost asset with a wild skill icon, item, and science traits. As an action, you may test four intellect. If you succeed, discard Strange Solution and draw two cards. Record in your campaign log that you have identified the solution. So I was very excited when I saw this card for the first time because I think it it's one of those fun, fun cards that does something that few other card games do. That is, you're recording something in your campaign log that will pay off later down the road. We have seen, at this point, I think there's been one almost every campaign, uh, one unidentified asset that you can put in your deck, and then uh, it has various uh, upgrades that uh, that come along later. This one is uh, has the benefit of being cheap, uh, one-cost asset. It is among the easiest unidentified assets to identify. All you need to do is take one skill test. It is fairly challenging skill test at four intellect, but yep. uh, you can boost it. Uh, some of the other unidentified assets have much more difficult or lengthy requirements in order to to identify. So this one is is pretty straightforward. Wild skill icon is very helpful if you happen to be playing two copies and you've already identified the solution. And when you do, you get two cards. Thoughts? Yeah, because because ideally you've spent two actions. Well, two actions and a resource. You've passed your test and you get two cards back. So it kind of gives you that refund on your actions. So it's pretty gentle when it comes to, you know, ident you know, identifying the solution. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort. You know, you're not setting yourself back too much by doing this. I feel like you should be, personally. Yeah, but... yeah, I, I think you should be, but uh, you really don't. This concept is a really cool idea, right? Like, it's something mm -hmm. that no other card game can even do, simply just because they don't yeah. have the mechanics in the game to do it. Mm -hmm. 
but they clearly again like with movement they clearly just underestimated how easy taking an intellect four test was gonna be mm -hmm. you know like it takes very little to set this up whereas yeah. i personally feel like it should feel like it it's more of a a concerted effort like some of the other unidentified assets feel like mm -hmm. they have in the in future sets they i think they found a pretty good balance of making the cards feel like you actually have to put some effort into into getting them and then having mm -hmm. the payout be pretty good and then this exists and arguably some of the other ones that are also very easy to identify and some um, would say this should not exist yeah, I would probably be one of those people. At least this specific version. Hmm. Because of one card, or one of the upgrades that we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah, there's a larger question, design question to be had about this sort of thing, because, okay, let's say in one game, you spend some effort, you identify the thing. Okay, so the implicit like attachment to that is that you're going to get to break the XP curve later. So you kind of hurt yourself in one game to like overpower yourself in another game which is like that is kind of a design question that mm -hmm. is less straightforward than it seems it's certainly not an enviable position certainly yeah but i i think there are better ways of doing it yeah than just making it a single skill test you know yeah. like they've done a much better job of these types of uh, side quest cards in future sets but this one is just a complete I think, miss i think i think as is i kind of wish you had to identify it three times across three games yeah or even just like maybe you had to instead of taking actions like say it was like whenever you succeed an intellect skill test of four or higher you would put a research token on this, and then when it had yeah, three yeah. or more research tokens on it, then you would record that you've identified it. Uh -huh. But as is, it's kind of like, as a flavor perspective, you play it, you look at it, you go, yeah, I know what that is. It's <laughs> like, spend like 20 minutes. Yeah, go, it's like, oh, okay. Eureka! <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, your Pulp Cthulhu character passes like an extreme appraisal check or something like that and happens to know every exact detail about the item they're inspecting <laughs> classic rpg uh skill test for you mm -hmm. yeah yeah but, i wonder uh, with this one whether they sort of misjudged the difficulty of this versus the xp cost of the upgrades for it because this one is not hard to identify but you're kind of stuck with it in your deck until you can get enough xp to pay for the upgrades oh, right mm -hmm. and at 4 xp a pop in dunwich which isn't very liberal with its xp i could see situations where you're kind of stuck with strange solution in your deck for longer than you would like and it's not very i would say it's not a great card after you discover the solution oh, because then it's yeah, just a wild skill icon so unless you're very aggressive upgrading you're kind of stuck with it, but again, the biggest issue with this card isn't so much this card, it's the four upgrades and the wildly varying power levels between them. There are three upgrades in the Dunwich Legacy and uh, one upgrade in the Return to the Dunwich Legacy, and 
this is definitely a case that uh, not, not all upgrades are created equal, and uh, unfortunately, one of those upgrades is played probably 90% of the time, and the others just don't there see are play. There <laughs> are, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what people, what, there are others? Yeah. Let's take a look at uh, at one of those cards. This is Strange Solution Restorative Concoction. One cost asset that costs 4 XP. Two willpower skill icons, item, and science trait. You can only include this asset in your deck by upgrading it from Strange Solution Unidentified, and you only if you have identified the solution in your campaign log. This is uh, the same across all of the... Uh, the strange solution upgrades you have to identify the solution first before you can include it it uses four supplies as an action spend one supply heal two damage from an investigator at your location thoughts about uh, the restorative concoction this card puts me to sleep <laughs> it's very it's like, boring and really four xp for this it's kind of awful in several ways like its effect is kind of awful. It's also an effect that really doesn't deserve to be in Seeker at all. You know, it's like, it's trying and failing to eat the Guardian's lunch. <laughs> Whereas uh, Shortcut tried and succeeded at eating the Rogue's lunch. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, but why is it trying to eat the Guardian's lunch at all? <laughs> you know, why can't it do something different? Well, it's like you have medical <sighs> text too, right? Yeah, you have medical and... text. If I remember correctly, the upgrade for medical text was in the was in the revised core set. No, it was not. Okay, no, it was not. It's in Edge of no. the Earth, but it's not in. Oh, uh, that's right. That's what I was thinking of. Re oh, revised core set had the upgraded art for medical text. Yes, and it had the upgrade for first aid. That's what I was thinking of. First aid. Yeah, there you go. First aid. See, um, that's like a guardian thing. Healing damage. It's like a guardian thing. So like, yeah, if it healed a combination of damage and or horror, uh -huh. maybe question yeah. mark. Yeah, because I, I can like... see it in Carolyn specifically, because Carolyn actually kind of has a problem where sometimes you just take too much damage because you're so focused oh, yeah. on like healing horror that you forget about you know. Well, Carolyn's got first aid level three. She does. It's true. She does. You know, and yeah. it's like, I could consider this maybe in Carolyn if it did that, but it doesn't. Uh -huh. So it's just bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's bad in several ways, like I said. It's it's bad in that it's trying to eat the Guardian's lunch, and I really wish it didn't. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. if you wanted... To, I get, like, it's eight points of soak, essentially, right? Over uh -huh. the course of five actions. One right, to play it and the four to spend it. I think I know how to fix this card. Here's what you do. You say as an action, the you you pour out the strange solution, right? And then it animates into this eight health soak blob that like takes up an ally slot. Yeah, they they made that into a a side story reward and blob ate everything. Oh, that's right. That is way down the line for those of you who are joining us who just own the core in Dunwich. That is very niche, very specific, but mm -hmm. That would be cool. What if you like had a blob creature? And like it said on the card that you had to name your blob and you had to write it in your campaign log. Now that would be cool. Boom. There Boom. you go. Yeah. But as this card stands, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say in this card's favor that it does not require a slot, which 
depending on how you've built your deck, could be important. Mm -hmm. It does heal twice as much as either first aid or medical texts, which I guess is okay, but really for a 4 XP card, I would expect more. It does have decent skill icons at two willpower skill icons a pop. It's cheap. If, for some reason, you've purchased this card, you can re resupply it with uh, a rogue card called Contraband, which we'll look at later, uh, Emergency Cash 3, or Venture from Forgotten Age. There aren't that many cards that give you extra supplies in this game, but it is a possibility. Unfortunately, there are many things, as you've mentioned, uh, working against this card. One, it's not a Citigecker. <laughs> That's the biggest strike against us. It's very slow. You can't heal allies with this. It costs 4 XP, and should you pick up Edge of the Earth, which I think a lot of players will, as as you know, if you've picked up the Revised Core and, and Dunwich Legacy, Edge of the Earth is probably in there. Medical Text 2 was released and basically eliminates the need for this card as long as you've got the slot for it. So how would we rate this one? Oh, this is an auto-fail. This is a stinker. Exactly. What would I do with this card? I think um, just use, just proxy it for Guts. Use it to be your third and fourth Guts because you're playing a four-player game and all four players want to have Guts. So you just proxy it for Guts. That's a good use for it. Yep, this one gets an auto-fail. Not a whole lot of reason to play it in the Dunwich Legacy and Revised Core environment, and not much reason to play it once your card pool expands. So, really, it's the worst of both worlds. So, And you cannot play it in standalone. You can't have identified solution in your campaign log if you don't have a campaign, if you don't have a campaign log. Well, we've beaten around the bush long enough. Let's talk oh, about the... I was hoping to run the clock out, and then we wouldn't have to talk about this. Strange Solution Acidic Icker. One cost asset that costs 4 XP, two combat skill icons, item and science trait, same text as the uh, Restorative Concoction. Uses three supplies as an action, spend one supply, fight, attack with a base combat skill value of six. This attack deals plus two damage. When I saw this card, I, I always like to imagine an Arkham Horror Christmas, where you have a guardian and a seeker sitting around the Christmas tree, and the guardian opens his gift, and it is the Springfield 1903. And the seeker opens his gift, or her gift, and it is Strange Solution, Acidic Icar. And the seeker turns to the guardian and says, What did you get for Christmas? And he's like, well, I got this gun that I can't attack enemies that are engaged with me. What what did you get? He's like, well, I've got this card that lets me set my base combat skill value to six and deal plus two damage. And the Guardian looks at his Springfield 1903 and sort of dies inside a little bit and questions life, life in general. <laughs> How could how could Santa be so cruel? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, why does this exist? Yeah, this like, card is a mistake. Like one hundred percent a mistake. Like and like what infuriates me about this card is that they clearly knew that it was powerful, more powerful than freezing variant, because they gave freezing variant an extra charge on it. Oh yeah, that's right. So they're like, yeah, that'll rein it in. 
Yeah, that's fine. It's only got three shots, but maybe one hand who's designing the seeker couldn't talk to the other hand who's designing the lightning gun. Okay, like you know what, hey, uh, Mr. Lang, do me a favor. Just put light the picture of lightning gun like up on the camera, like you know, like over there somewhere, and like just 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 put it up there and just just let the world just look at them side by side, and then we then we say like, why why did this happen? Like what? 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 What is look at this? It's it, it costs less XP. It costs five fewer resources. It doesn't take a slot. It's like why? It's so this? stupid. It's so dumb. It's more powerful and cheaper to play than like the top end of Guardian. <laughs> You've got this. Oh yep. my god. Costs less resources, experience, and slots than a white than a lightning gun. Yeah, I don't. I don't entirely understand how how this card came to be. I mean, I guess the designers felt that um, identifying the solution was going to be such a problematic thing that they needed to give the seekers a huge reward for that. But, but even then, why? Why do you have to break the XP curve? You know, because you spent some time in scenario one, you know, um, identifying the solution. Why does it have to deal three damage? Why does it have to be... Why does... Even if you do, even if you had to go, like, three times, you had to make 12, you know, intellect checks in order to identify the solution, why does the Seeker deserve to get a card that is, like, that is numerically stronger than the very top end of Guardian? Like, there's, like... Like why? Yeah, yeah. It it, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, it it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think this is really this is a warning sign of of things to come for the seeker class. I don't think this is even on the list of taboos, is it? Yeah, no. That's the really weird one. How has this not been tabooed yet? You know why? Because the community they can only complain about like a few cards at a time. <laughs> so this one is under the radar. But I think it's like, yeah, part part that and part people just don't play it. You know, it's it's so old at this point, people probably yeah. honestly just forget about it. Yeah, it's not sexy enough. But you know, now that Dunwich is out again, it's kind of back in, you know. Back yeah, in it's like, it yeah. kind of reminds me of Key of Yeast in that regard, where it's like, everyone knows Key of Yeast is way too good. And it's yeah. been tabooed. But nobody really plays it, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I've never seen anyone actually put it in their deck. Pre, even pre-taboo, I never really uh -huh. saw people play it. Like, it was just one of those cards that people went, "Yeah, that's clearly broken. I'm gonna play something else." Yeah. Well, it's also a strange solution to stick here. It's also four XP, which is a lot, and it does something that you're not like building off of what your deck is often meant to do, which is discover lots of clues. So often enough, anything that doesn't push your um, your primary strategy forward, discovering lots of clues can like fall by the wayside. So I can see that being a problem, and that could be why it's under the radar. But still, this thing is crazy. Like I don't know how this came to be. Like it steals the it steals the guardian's lunch. Even if it dealt, I think the way to like if the way to repair it is to house rule it so it only deals two damage instead of three. But even then, does the seeker really need a gun? I think it a should just be you gun. fight at a six. Like, why does it need and that's it. damage at all? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. You know what? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, this, this card is so bizarre that, you know, I was watching a playthrough recently where 
The Guardian had the flamethrower from the Forgotten Age, and the Seeker had this. And it turned the Guardian into a totally ineffective investigator. Yeah. Like, it, the, the Seeker could discover all of the clues, it could kill all of the enemies, there was literally nothing the Seeker couldn't do better than the Guardian. And I felt bad for the Guardian player watching this because, you know, he had obviously spent a lot of experience points to put the flamethrower in his deck and the Seeker would just come along and be just like, don't worry, buddy, I got this. Acidic Kicker hits the table, enemies die, move on. Anytime the, like, complete non-combat, like, class is able to say to the combat class, hey, stand aside, I've got the combat covered, somebody has failed as a game designer. Yeah. yeah. And this is, I mean, we we saw this during our playthrough of the Iron Man we did of the Circle Undone. This is just the symptom. I mean, we, we get Necronomicon later, which allowed my Harvey Walters to do nine Tesla's damage in a turn. <laughs> which... The we're, poor that's, guardian that's down the was just that's like, how can I compete with this? Yeah. I feel so sorry and on top for of that, guardians. And on top of that, that flamethrower you were talking about, <laughs> somebody, yeah, the community thought that that was overpowered and needed to be, you know, brought down a notch, and that made it onto the taboo list, but not acidic kicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the fact that it stays on the table so that like you can use all the charges then discard the empty bottle to something like a crypt chill is why or 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 just refuel it yeah or refuel it like why and then then you could just play the second one because it's not unique and it costs one resource (laughs) one resource and it's slawless like oh my gosh like why so if it hasn't been clear by our by our conversation this one gets a, a massive Probably the biggest curse token that we can muster on this one. Well, not the, the biggest. You know what? That's a, that's even up for a debate. <laughs> you haven't seen nothing yet, folks. <laughs> yeah, which seeker card is more busted in this box? There's like an, a legitimate argument to make for all three of those of those cards. Yeah, I would say that this one gets this one's pretty big just because it does do something it I don't think much. seekers should be able to do. Yeah. honestly yeah. and sure higher education is bad and pathfinder is bad but those are sort of things that seekers could do anyway this is just it i eats i it eats the guardian's lunch if you were starting this game and you were playing multiplayer i don't really have an issue if you want to play this in solo you know play the game as you wish but if you're playing in multiplayer and you've got a guardian sitting at the table, don't buy this card for your seeker because you're just going to make the guardian feel really bad. Yeah, it's just you're as you're you as you do their job better than than they do. Yeah, really, that's that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I think I figured out how to fix it though, Nate. Here's what you do: you take a blue highlighter, you scribble around the edge, and you make it a guardian card. Oh, I was just going to say, just remove it from the binder. That works too. But but if you really want to play it, just scribble around it with blue marker and make it a guardian card. And then the guardian will have a happy Christmas. Then the only person that could play it would be Roland. 
Well, then you also have the, the original Strange Solution. You scribble that. You, you make that a Guardian card as well. Oh, I would have kept that a Seeker card. And then... It you have to make it neutral. Just make it neutral. And then you give uh, the lunches no, don't back. Do that. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> then you give the lunches back to the classes that deserve them. Oh, man. No, this card just shouldn't... Like, any form no, of exist. this card just should not it exist. It shouldn't exist. Yeah. It's slotless. It fights at a six. It deals three damage. What? <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but yeah. Okay. Well, we got it over with, right, guys? Let's, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Now we get to talk about Freezing Variant. Speaking of Freezing Variant, it's a one-cost asset, four XP, two agility skill icons, item and science trait. Same text as the others that you have to identify the, uh, the uh, solution first. Uses four supplies as an action. You can spend one supply, evade, evade with a base agility skill value of six. This one seems like sort of the most balanced of the bunch. Yeah, this sure, one seems the you know, most fine. Seekers yeah. already sort of have higher agilities than they do combat, so they tend to lean into agility anyway. The ability yeah. to evade an enemy seems a lot less bad than just to incinerate it. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's not a city kicker, so I don't think I've ever played this one, to be honest. I've never played this card. But yeah. yeah it's but, it, but like at its face, this one seems like the most fine. Where okay, so evasion, unlike combat, unlike damage, doesn't like remove threats from the board. Seekers already have hyper awareness. So evade, you know, evasion as like an off thing for them to do was already a thing. And they already uh, have Rex... mind over matter, which they could. Yeah, they have mind over matter. They have, I mean, I think Rex Murphy has three evasion, if I remember correctly. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So this feels much more appropriate as a seeker card for dealing with enemies. You evade them a bit better, you know, as a, you know, whereas the guardian kills them. This one is like, you try to stay away from them. So that way you can evade, discover the clues and then run away. Mm -hmm. You know, th this fits more into what Seekers have gotten in the past. It fits in with things like Barricade, where, like, you evade the enemy, you run away, put up the barricade so he can't chase you. You know, this 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 one feels right. But it's just it's just not good because the City Kicker exists. Yeah, exactly. You I mean, know, maybe and, you're like, right, I... Nate. Maybe if they had simply, you know, Seekers couldn't use uh, Mind Over Matter to boost their combat to, say, four or five as mm -hmm. well so maybe if they had taken away the bonus damage off of acidic kicker and just said you set your base combat skill value to six that yeah. would have been acceptable okay. i think maybe the bonus damage is really the the yeah. thorn there because this one doesn't seem that bad to me like i i still don't know like in a card pool where acidic kicker exists killing enemies is usually still better than evading them but this one. But seems since we're already fair. saying never play a city kicker, yeah. sorry, never play a city kicker. Yeah, freezing variant seems like pretty fair. Yeah, you don't get double the effect. You don't get triple the effectiveness of an evade test with strange solution as you do with a city kicker by getting three damage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like essentially if you're playing this in Rex, right? Like for instance, that's it's giving you four evades at plus three. Yeah, which is like pretty good numerically. Pretty good, yeah. 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 4XP, like, that feels like a pretty solid effect that you would want. And maybe, yeah. maybe you'd if, play two, but I don't see why you would. Compared to, like, hyper-awareness, where in order to achieve the same thing, 
you have to spend two resources to put the hyper awareness into play. Then you get four evades at plus effectively plus three. So that's n that's twelve resources spent on hyper awareness. So you spent fourteen resources using hyper awareness, whereas the freezing variant here it gives you it's you spend one resource and you get the same effect for four XP. That that feels that feels better. Yeah, and you still have to play it before you evade things, right? Like yes. that's still yeah. you know the kind of issue that all assets have is that you, yeah. you have to put them in play first but yeah this one feels fine like yeah. that's what's that's what makes acidic icker such a cognitive dissonance from all the other ones it's like how did this get past development <laughs> like what the... acidic icker did <laughs> yeah 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 it's like how yeah. in the hell like, <laughs> freezing variant yeah this feels fine especially with enemies like the conglomeration oh yeah high evade values yeah. So much like the others, you can resupply this with cards like Contraband or Emergency Cash 3. If you happen to need more more than four supplies, how would we rate this one? I think this is the best one of the whole bunch. Uh, as far as an upgrade goes, it's pretty solid. I'd, I'd give this one a plus one. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, like we were, um, like I was saying numerically, just comparing it to like what you already have in hyper awareness this is totally worth the 4 xp so i'd give this one a plus one i'd agree i think this is a plus yeah. one i i haven't used this one but i think in the future i would consider this one over acidic icker i mean acidic icker is really an outlier not necessarily in the seeker card pool since they have received a fair number of overpowered cards but uh, this one seems fair i'll say that it's fair, and since Seekers do have slightly higher evade values, this one seems appropriate. That's going to do it for our look at the unidentified asset in the box, Strange Solution. Let us know in the comments down below what you think. Man, oh man. <laughs> really, the... the... Stinker, craziest card, one of the craziest cards in the game, and fair. Yeah. There, there's what a really, ride, fellas. What a ride. There's no real middle ground in this one. There's You've either got awful, way, way overpowered, or sort of just right. So, yeah. <laughs> it's got a Goldilocks <laughs> complex. <laughs> You're right. That's what this is. I, I can't remember really what the... Uh, I'll throw it up on screen, but what the one in the, revi the Return to the Dunwich Legacy does. I don't... I think it's draw cards, is it? It's draw cards and i think it's like draw and or gain resources like mm -hmm. up to two or something yeah. like that yeah so which is there there is a third option out there once you if and when you pick up the uh the return to the dunwich legacy box but uh i think my advice would be if you're playing multiplayer don't buy a city kicker as the seeker you'll just make the guardian of the table cry as they try to be effective and you are simply outplaying them through really no and the amount you have to really commit to do that is very very small the test on the strange solution unidentified is not difficult to do for most seekers worth their salt spending 4 xp is not that difficult and then you're just going to just burn things to the ground for the rest of the campaign that's going to do it for this episode if you enjoyed what you hear remember to like comment and subscribe 
If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.